Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. But I'm going to tell you who got a man with a master plan. We'll go to the North Dome State Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and bring in Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com. Chris, what's going on, man? T. Bush, how are you, bud? I'm doing really well, man. Uh, I, I needed to get I needed to get the, the big guns on here to talk about this cast. <laughs> we, I need I need I need the heavy hitters. Now, we've been talking about philosophy here, and we're yep. gonna, we're gonna try to do a deep dive, and we'll get into uh, Monty Bates. Um, we're looking at it from a standpoint of we we talk about where the Cavs go with this thing. I'll ask you this question and start with the big question: Where do you think? Donovan Mitchell is in two years. Do you think he's on the Cavs, or is there? And you give me a percentage chance, and because you know anything can happen, but percentage chance that that he does sign a long term extension with the Cavs. Fifty fifty. <laughs> That's a nice. I like what you do I mean, right there. I like that. I mean, look, this is such a nuanced conversation, right? Because we don't know what's in Donovan's heart and in his head, um, and maybe. New York just pulls him in a way that the Cavs can do nothing about. Maybe he just looks at his career and says, I always, at some point in my career, I always want to be a member of the Knicks. And that tug is just too much for him. Um, It's possible. Maybe that's how he feels. Maybe that's how he looks at the situation. Um, But on the other side of that is, this is a guy who, the minute that he was traded to the Cavs, and, and he wasn't traded to the Knicks, and he thought he was going to the Knicks, and he was really excited about the possibility of going to the Knicks. But despite hearing that he wasn't going to the Knicks and he was coming to the Cavs instead, he ran around a Miami Beach golf course celebrating and screaming because he was so excited to join the Cavs. And he talked about the future of the organization. He talked about his teammates. He talked about the potential that this team has. And I don't think – all of that has changed in one year. Um, if he leaves the Cavs at the end of his contract, he is going to have to leave behind what we think could potentially be a consistent um, threat in the Eastern Conference with a whole bunch of talent and maybe a whole bunch of upside with Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. And again, I don't know what's in his heart and in his head but he has not given any indication that he's unhappy with the Cavs, the direction of the Cavs, his teammates. Yeah, he's pissed that they lost in the first round against the Knicks and they got embarrassed and he doesn't like the way that he played in that series and he owned up to that. But 
he has said nothing but great things about this organization, um, about his teammates, and about the potential that this team has over the next couple of years. Now, if that changes and they continue to be a disappointment in the playoffs and they have another first-round exit, okay, sure, I could see him getting upset and maybe looking for a different place to go. But um, Donovan seems to be motivated solely by winning or mostly by winning. And the Cavs are going to have a great chance of that um, for however long he's here. Uh, you know, we, we talk about Donovan Mitchell, and, and I, I will give him he, – he's really good at holding his cards to the, close to his best. Mm-hmm. He does not say anything overzealous. He doesn't give you any sort of hints that he's, is, he's mad. He's upset that he always wanted to play in New York. He is very good. Yeah. He is he is very professional. You can tell that his father and his family have schooled him well on how to work with the media and how to move in circles where you know it, it, there's plausible deniability here. Where I'm like, hey, I was just here and we're just I, I just go out and play ball. All right, we believe that. Now here's the thing: Kobe Altman has to be a little different. He has to have a, a game plan. Uh, he has to think in in three dimensional chess and checkers. And say, okay, there's a life with Donovan Mitchell, but I also have to prepare for a life potentially without Donovan Mitchell. Does he have a plan for what happens if a year into it he figures out, hey, we're not going to be able to keep Donovan. How do we pivot? What do we do? Does he have a plan for that 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 scenario? Sure, and I think this is the part of the conversation that so many people are ignoring. Donovan Mitchell is a great player who is just now entering the prime of his career. He is coming off a career year with the Cavs. He finished sixth in MVP voting. He was second team All-NBA. Thought he should have been first team All-NBA. J.B. Biggerstaff thought he should have been first team All-NBA too. So, like, (laughs) that kind of guy, that caliber player, his trade value is not going to crater over the next couple of years, right, unless something crazy unforeseen happens. So if the Cavs get some kind of indication behind the scenes that Donovan doesn't want to sign an extension, that Donovan has his eyes set on joining the New York Knicks, that Donovan's unhappy with the direction that the Cavs are going in, if the Cavs get that kind of indication from him, then they trade him and they recoup the assets. It's not like nobody's going to give up anything to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Everybody in the NBA, if he became available, would be lining up to try and trade for him. Um, Now, which team fits that the best? Which team would give the Cavs the best assets? Who knows? But if Donovan Mitchell becomes available in a trade, the Cavs are going to get a ton of value back for him in return. They just don't have to explore that right now. Uh, You're talking to Chris Afito on the North Unser Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Um, And we talk about, you know, one Donovan Mitchell, if if the – Cavs are trying to get better or they're trying to make a major move. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the roster, it looks like, the, you know, the, we've talked about uh, Garland and we talked about uh, Mobley, and those two seem to be um, untouchables, and you're trying to keep Donovan Mitchell. The guy that seems that I got out is Jared Allen. Now, look, a lot of people say that, you know, we are down on Jared Allen by the way he, he played against New York. Aside from that, I think it's more of a philosophical thing for me. Is 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 it as constituted? Can the the can the Cavs really spread the floor? Can they score? 
Uh, do they have floor spacing? Uh, and can two bigs that right now, because Evan Mobley is, you know, projecting he should be having a jump shot any day now, like the stork mm-hmm. is coming to deliver. But, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, he's shooting 20-some-odd percent. Uh, can you can you win at a high clip against potential contenders with two guys that can't shoot that are bigs? And so that well, that's, that's the thought. Well, it's not just two guys that can't shoot that are bigs, right? It's the fact that the starting small forward yeah. um, for the majority of the season also can't shoot and isn't a threat from the perimeter and doesn't get respected by opposing defenses. So that being Isaac Coro, that's going to clutter the floor. That's going to make things difficult on Darius and Donovan. That's going to make it easier for defenses to scheme against the Cavs on offense, and it's going to lead to a situation where the Cavs score 94 points in a playoff series against the New York Knicks, right? Like, I think the whole Evan Mobley-Jared Allen conversation and whether they fit together and whether it's going to work long-term for the Cavs is remedied by two things. Evan Mobley continuing to evolve, Evan Mobley becoming more of a spacer, Evan Mobley becoming more of a perimeter threat, Evan Mobley becoming more of an offensive hub. Like, if that happens, then you don't have the same spacing questions, right? If the Cavs go out and they trade for Royce O'Neal, or they sign Max Struess, or they sign Dante DiVincenzo, or even Kelly Oubre Jr., who I think would be lower on their target list this offseason, or Harrison Barnes, or a guy like that that brings you a little bit more um, from the perimeter than Isaac Okoro, that threatens a defense more than Isaac Okoro, then it changes the equation as well. So I think, G. Bush, the Cavs are looking at this situation saying, we don't think our roster is fundamentally broken. What we need to do is we need to see what this starting five looks like with somebody who's not Isaac, right? Somebody who's more of an offensive threat. Um, We need to see what our team looks like when we get a little bit more from the backup point guard spot. So I think they're looking at the situation as we have obvious weaknesses. We have obvious flaws when it comes to roster construction. Let's start there. Let's see if we can fix those. And if we do that and the Jarrett Evan thing doesn't work the way that we need it to, then okay, Jarrett becomes the quote-unquote most expendable guy. And I don't think the Cavs are down on Jarrett. They value him greatly. They understand what he means to this organization. Many people inside the organization believe that the trajectory of this rebuild changed not when Evan got here, not when Donovan got here, but when Jarrett Allen came. And he gave this team an identity, both offensively and defensively. Um, So I don't think they're down on him. And I don't think they're just going to overreact to one bad series against the Knicks. But the truth is, It's very similar to the big three era of LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. Kevin Love was the name that was mentioned in trade rumors all the time. He was the guy who supposedly didn't fit because you weren't trading LeBron. You weren't trading Kyrie. You weren't breaking that up. You know what I mean? And it's just like in Miami, it was always Bosh. And that didn't mean Bosh was bad. And it didn't mean that he didn't fit. It was just nobody was going to talk about trading Dwayne Wade. Nobody was going to talk about <laughs> trading LeBron James. Nah. You're going to look at the third fiddle, right? Yeah. And for the Cavs, if it's a quote-unquote core four, you're not going to look at Darius. You're not going to look at Donovan. You're certainly not going to look at Evan. You're going to look at Jarrett as the quote-unquote most expendable piece when Evan is ready to be a full-time starting center. And I don't think right now he's ready to be a full-time starting center in the NBA. 
you know, Chris, let's get to uh, Imani Bates. Uh, you know, this I remember like it was yesterday. I was sitting here, and I was talking to you, and we were talking about Porter Jr., right? And we talked yeah. about some of the things that that that, and you specifically told me. He said, "Listen, G, that hurt. They they put a lot of time and resources into him, and mm-hmm. if you think about it, you, you go back and you extrapolate. He was part. He said more than anybody, they were excited about that guy. Even at that right, point, right, Darius right. Garley, Imani Bates reminds me so much of that guy because you know you take a look. He takes shots." That Steph Curry takes, like, and you're like, oh my gosh, you're like it's, right. it, it catches you in your heart. But he, he he's a tough shot maker. Um, he's had some issues. Uh, you know, he had the gun issue or whatever. Um, right. He was kicked out, not kicked, he transferred uh, to Eastern Michigan. But man, this guy's his upside, man. I, I mean, he looks the part. He plays the part. I, I just hope they have the infrastructure. What are they going to do to to put some stuff around him so that this isn't in a Porter Jr. and we can actually see if we can get the best out of this kid. So I think there are a couple of differences here, T. Bush. I think, number one, the organization is in a different place, right? Um, this is a team that is coming off a playoff appearance, 151 games. There's a culture in place. There's a consistent coach in place who has handled a bunch of different personalities, who is adaptable, um, who is known for his communication and for his interpersonal skills and all that kind of stuff. That's going to help the situation. The other big difference is the Cavs don't need Amani Bates to be a hit. You know what I'm saying? This is the 49th pick of the draft. This guy was nine picks away from going undrafted. He's probably, G. Bush, going to get a two-way contract and start um, and play a majority of the season in the G League where he can develop away from the spotlight away from the cameras, away from the hype machine and all that kind of stuff. Like the Cavs do not need him to be the guy that was plastered on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 15 years old. They don't need him to be, quote unquote, Kevin Durant Jr. They don't need him to be a star. They don't need him to be the starting small forward. They don't need him to be the solution to their small forward problem. History tells you that the guy taken 49th overall in the draft does not make it. History is working against the Cavs. It's working against Imani Bates. Like, of the last 10 years of the guys picked at 49, they have combined for 677 total games in the NBA. That's not a lot when you think it's an 82-game season and you're talking about 10 different guys. Okay? So the Cavs already have Donovan, Darius, Evan, Jarrett. They've got a core in place. They've got... You know, Karis LeVert, who they've got to make a decision on when it comes to free agency. But when you think about the importance of somebody like Imani Bates to the future of the Cavs or to the short term of the Cavs, he is way down the list. This is a guy who was brought here to develop in their um, G League program, essentially, and see maybe possibly if they can still find um, somebody in there that showed all the talent in the world as a teenager. Um, somebody who uh, did not have the college career that he wanted to have, somebody who started at Memphis and had to finish his career close to home at Eastern Michigan. Like, there are no delusions of of what the Cavs are getting with this. It is a low-risk gamble, but there aren't a ton of expectations 
that he's going to be a hit. There can't be a ton of expectations that he's going to be a hit because he's the 49th pick of the NBA draft. So it's not like Kevin Porter Jr. where the Cavs moved into the first round to get him. And he was part of a three-pronged draft class. And, like, they were still building the infrastructure and they were still trying to find foundational pieces, right? Like, Imani Bates can just be what he is one of the last guys on this roster that is fighting for his NBA life. And so when you take about you take a look at it and I look at it like this. Uh yeah, he's a guy who is is a is a guy that you when you're a second round pick you're fighting for it. Sometimes yep. that sparks something something out of somebody and you can come from nowhere. Um yep. on, on the court um, if he does make it on the court, um, what is this? He has a six nine frame. Um, you know, he can he has range on his jump shot. He's a guy who has been on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and he was right. and, and scouts loved him. It, right. If he gets to the point where he can he can stay on the court, what is it? What does he bring in terms of his game? The idea of Amani Bates and what he brings to the table is exciting if he puts it all together, right? You've got a six foot nine, bouncy, lengthy wing that can shoot from the outside, pull up off the dribble, catch and shoot. Um, but he has to be willing to step into that kind of role, right? He has to be willing to enhance the, those areas of his game. Um, and he has to understand that, you know, he's not going to have the ball in his hands constantly, those kinds of things. Um, but he's got flaws too. There's a reason why he was the 49th pick, right? Like he had three games this past year for Eastern Michigan where he had more assists than turnovers. Three. Mm. That's it. So his decision-making, not very sound, right? He hijacks offensive possessions because he's more of a shot creator for himself rather than his teammates. Um, He takes tough shots because he doesn't always create separation. He can't get to the rim. He can't finish through contact and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So he has a three-point heavy uh, shot profile. Like, all of those things are clear and obvious. He's 190 pounds, so he's not as physical. He's wiry. He can be bothered by physicality. So, like, all of those weaknesses, they showed up throughout his high school career and his college career. And the Cavs are very aware of them. And that's part of the reason why he went number 49 and he's got a very uh, me centric game. Um, His team went eight and 23 this past year. So um, those, those questions are going to continue to follow him and people are going to wonder if he's going to get better in those particular areas, but it's worth a shot for a six foot nine, um, shooter who has like as pure of a stroke and can go out and get you buckets um with the best of them i mean at one point this past year g bush he scored 29 points in a row like he's capable of those kinds of scoring benches on the offensive end which is something that makes him exciting Chris, we uh, we appreciate you breaking it down for us we'll talk to you soon and uh you know congratulations on all of your uh, prosperous success, the, the house, the home, the family. We appreciate you. You got it, brother. Anytime. All right, man. Chris Fedor on the North Homes at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Highline, go right to a 2020 update. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.